If you have your Bibles, if not, it will be on the screen. I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 1. Thank you for your worship this morning. Thank you, worship team, for ushering us into the presence of an almighty God. What a wonderful, they put in time, they put in effort, and they're here early. I just want you to know how much I appreciate it, how much I appreciate you ushering us into the presence of Almighty God. Exodus 1 and 8, and then we'll be going to Exodus 9, 15 through 17. Exodus 1, verse 8 says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. There was a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Exodus 9, 15 through 17. Moses speaking says, Now if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed for this purpose, say for this purpose, but indeed for this purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet to you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go. But for this purpose, for the next few moments, I'm just going to title this message, For This Purpose. For This Purpose. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands? God, we come before you. We declare your presence in this house. We declare freedom. We declare power. We declare wisdom. We declare your word is alive and well in this house. God, I'm asking that you would move in a mighty way, that you would give me words to speak, that you would anoint my lips. God, that you would move in this house, and we give you praise and glory and honor for it all. And everyone said amen. You're going to help me preach by saying amen. You may be seated. And again, most of you got it out of the way. I can never go home and say I didn't get at least one amen. Have you ever asked, maybe not verbally out loud, but you've had the thought, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of what is happening? Or I've, I've looked at things and said, what in the world could this be used for? What, what is the purpose of this? There, there are certain tools for the jack that I have no idea what they're used for. But a person that knows what they're used for in the situation will go, yeah, that'll work. They, they, don't have to, they don't have to explain it to me. They can just look down because they know the purpose of the tool. Effort and courage, according to John F. Kennedy, are not enough without purpose and direction. We all want a, seer, a clear sense of purpose because a clear sense of purpose in our life is it's completely it's invaluable. You cannot put a dollar amount on purpose in your life. The picture behind me is Viktor Frankl. He's a psychiatrist and a World War II concentration camp survivor. He emphasized how a sense of purpose can help individuals navigate even the most difficult and demoralizing of circumstances. 
1946 in his book Man's Search for Meaning his description of life in Nazi Auschwitz illustrated the truth of Nietzsche's statement those who have a why to live for can bear with almost any how. According to Frankel, he says, there is nothing in the world that would so effectively help one to survive even the worst conditions as the knowledge that there is meaning in one's life. Purpose is defined as the object toward which one strives or for which something exists. It's an aim or a goal. It is the intention that you live by. It's determination. It's your resolution. Psychologists define purpose as an abiding intention to achieve a long-term goal. It's both personal and it, it, it marks a change on those that are around you in this world. So when we look at the situations in our life, we begin to look at the conditions that surrounds us. It can be easy for us to ask, to what purpose? When we look at the situations and the pain and the heart and the hurt in our life, we can ask the question, what is the purpose of all of this? We all want purpose in life, but we must understand that sometimes with purpose also comes a battle and a trial. We want the purpose, we want to matter, but it will not happen unless we are willing to go through what is defined as the war to get the purpose. Purpose will not just land in your lap and say, okay, now you've got a purpose in life. Every once in a while we have to get up and we have to walk. We have to begin to fight and we have to understand that if I want real purpose to happen in my life, I can't just give up. We all want a purpose-driven life. I read an excerpt from a guide to the purpose-driven life by Rick Warren, and it says, In living the purpose-driven life, you'll start to find meaning in every moment of your life. You'll see the glory of God everywhere, deepen your love for others. You'll find the unique service that you were made for and prepare your character for the promise of eternal life. It's a bold statement. These are the five purposes according to the purpose-driven life. Your first purpose is to worship. It's to bring pleasure to God. It's not talking about simply in the house of God when the music is playing. It's not talking about just lifting your hands. It, It doesn't only happen when you're at church, but it's a lifestyle that everything about your life is pleasing to God. The second purpose of your life should be unselfishly loving fellow members of God's family. So yes, those that you are sitting by, you're supposed to love them. And even, they they go on. These are not my words. This is in the the little book. Even if they've been rude to you, (laughs) even if they ask you for something when it's inconvenient, even if, uh, this one bothered me a little, even if they need too much from you. Have you ever just had one of those people in your life? (laughs) They're always needing something. You're supposed to love them unselfishly. The third purpose of your life is to become more like Jesus by taking on His values and character. You basically become more spiritually mature. The the fourth purpose of of life according to the purpose-driven life is your ministry. 
Each and every one of you have a ministry. It may not behind, be behind the pulpit. It may, it may not be on an instrument. It may not be singing. But you have a ministry that is personal to you. You each have a ministry. You each have a calling. And that calling is personal to you. The fifth purpose is your mission. And just like your calling and your ministry, it will happen in a personal way to you. God wants you to spread the word of His love, His glory, the promise of, of eternal life to unbelievers through unique mission and a shared mission. We all share the same mission, but how we get it done is unique to each of us. And all of those are wonderful. I'm not saying anything negative. We went through this as a church when the book first came out. Wednesdays and Sundays for a month were, for a lack of, of, of a better way to describe it, for that entire month we were a purpose-driven church. Everything about the church was for a purpose. We, we knew that we were going to come and the purpose of being there on Wednesday night was to find out what the purpose of a purpose-driven life was and that's a whole lot of purpose in just a few words. But we all want to have purpose in our life. But this morning I am here and I want to talk to us about what happens when you're doing all of those things on the list. What happens when, when you're living a purpose-filled life? What happens when you're doing everything that the pastor asks? You're, you're living everything in every way that you can to live upright and holy. You're doing everything that you can to fulfill God's calling and, and His ministry and that He's going to work through. What happens when you're doing all of those things and you still look around and you say, what's the purpose? What happens whenever you're in the middle of something and you cannot find the reason why? What happens when you've done all you can do to stand and you're still standing but you don't know why you're standing? You look around and you witness 2 Timothy chapter 3. You should know this, Paul says to Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. There will be perilous times, hard, troublesome, harsh, fierce times. They're going to present themselves to you for people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. They're going to scoff at God. They'll be disobedient to their parents. They're all going to be ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will all be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasures rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Let me say it how we've all learned it mostly. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. What happens when you're doing all that you can do and you look around and all you see is how everyone is turning away from God? And you ask yourself, do I really have a purpose? Is what I'm doing, does it make a difference? We look at our world every day and we watch as the scripture becomes more alive and more true. It unfolds before us every single day. The words of Jesus as he sat at the Mount of Olives answering and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. He says in Matthew 24, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See 
see that you are not troubled for all of these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places and all of these talk about how to win friends and influence people this line and all of these are just the beginning of the sorrows are you ready for some hope? No, oh, that's just the beginning. It's going to get a whole lot worse. Jesus had a way with words, didn't he? He tells you all of these things, and then he says, let me wrap it up. That's just the beginning. It's going to get a whole lot worse, fellas. Just be prepared. That's simply the beginning of the sorrows. If you'll allow me, I'll bring it home. I'll, I'll, I'll make it a little closer to where we live. You pray and it seems that things get worse. You step out in faith and the limb that you were standing on seemingly breaks off and you hit every limb on the way down. You, I don't, I don't pretend to have all of the answers but I do know this. There is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that you're about to face that God does not already know about. There's no trial. There's no tribulation. There's nothing in this world that God has not already seen. I want somebody to have hope this morning. You're not in this alone. This is not something new. This is not something that he doesn't have the power. God has all power in heaven and earth. Like the children of Israel, there has been a transition. You have to be completely blind and deaf and not paying any attention to anything that is going on in our world to see that there has been a transition. If you cannot see that, I will talk to you after service. The way that our world is today, it's, it is everything that they were talking about. We're watching it happen. We're watching as those things that, 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 were, that are evil, they're being called good. They're, and those things that are good are being called evil. Everything about us is pointing that you are living in the last days. There has been a transition to where those things that once mattered no longer matter anymore. There's no sacred part of your life. There's nothing you do. Do what makes you feel good. You do whatever you think. You have your life. And if anyone says anything, they're the ones that's wrong. Not you. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And 300 years later, that's how much difference is between our scriptures this morning. 300 years Moses is now standing before Pharaoh and says, Now if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, have you ever wondered why that some things are allowed to happen? You look at this world and you say, Why did God allow all of these things to come to pass? Why did he allow all of the questions of our identity? Why did he allow everything that could happen to destroy life? Why did he allow all of these things to where we have separated and completely removed God from everything? We're teaching that any lifestyle is okay as long as it makes you feel good. What happened to a country that the founding fathers embraced the Bible and held it to them and said, Lord, let us never depart from from this. Where have we gone in the last couple hundred years? I'm telling you God has allowed it to happen. For this purpose 
I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name uh, may be declared in all of the earth. It did not happen overnight. There were generations that were born into slavery, children that only knew. They They never saw Joseph. All they knew were the stories of yesteryear. Yet at any time, God could have delivered them. And I'm sure that they may have asked, what is the purpose of allowing us to come here and to die in slavery? But I want us to understand to everything There is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven The season was 300 years But when God said it's time to change There was a purpose that was waiting I want us to understand it may not have happened over 300 years But God has allowed you to go through your season But it's time for the season to change It's time for a change in seasons There's a purpose under heaven There's a purpose to the trial There's a purpose to the pain There's a purpose that's about to happen to everything there is a time and my time may have been a little lonely my time may have been a little hard but I want you to understand that I see the time is about over and there's a season that I'm about to fulfill a purpose I've got a purpose I've got a purpose and there's nothing that hell can do to stop it there's nothing this world can do to stop it the devil meant it for evil but God meant it for good I've got a purpose I've got a purpose Come on, somebody magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. There's a purpose to the pain. There's a purpose to the loss. There's a purpose to everything. We're living in a generation right now that does not know the God that we all grew up with. We're living in a generation that doesn't know the commitment that took us to where we are. But may I explain to somebody, even in the middle of that season, there's a purpose. Even in the middle of all of that, there's a purpose. And God is still going to raise up a church. God is still going to raise up a body. God is still going to send revival. There's still a purpose. I don't care what the world says there's a purpose I'm not about to give up I'm not about to give in I'm walking I'm declaring for this purpose why do you preach like you preach because I've got a purpose why do you live like you live because I've got a purpose I don't see it I don't care what you see I've got a purpose I've got a vision I've got a promise come on somebody grab a hold of what I'm saying why are you still praying for your family you've got a purpose why are you still living like you're living you've got a purpose why are you doing what you're doing for this purpose I'm on the I'm on the other end of my life now. You've got a purpose. You've got a purpose. Maybe I'm just this type of guy, but it was people that were on the other end of the spectrum of their life that spoke the most into my life. You have a purpose. There are young people that are going to walk in these doors. 
that are going to need you to model holiness in front of them. They're going to need you to speak the word of God that is true and full of love in front of them. Sister Sister O'Brien was talking about it Wednesday night with me. And what you didn't know, Sister O'Brien, is me and Kim had already been talking about exactly what you're praying about. There's a lot of broken and hurting people. And we've got to get ready. We've got to get ready. It's for this purpose, Sister O'Brien, that God's waking us up. It's for this purpose. We've got to get ready. So why are we doing what we're doing? For this purpose. For this purpose. There's broken. There's hurting. There's loss. That need the presence and the hope of Almighty God. That's why I do what I do. I've got a purpose. You have a purpose. It's those times that I would just sit and listen. I still remember Brother Morgan back home in Louisiana. He was a big guy. Those guys that I were talking about, about manly men, Brother Jack, last week, about the hunting and stuff, this fellow, he would go up into the mountains of Colorado and hunt mountain lions. Okay, I got a cat. You walk into his, it's not just his, it's, it's his man cave. And it's more like a man mansion. You walk in, it's a cabin. So it's like even in the middle of where we're living, Louisiana's not the most, where I grew up, it's not the most city-fied place. We would be more rural than rural actually tells you rural is. That's just, we were just out there. You roll up, he's got his cabin. You walk in there and his bears, his mountain lions. He told me, he said, I'm fixing to go on a hunt. Do you want to go? Nope. <laughs> you sure? Yep. He goes, Oh, make a man out of you. I'm good. <laughs> he said, But you don't know what it's like when you kill a mountain lion. I said, And I never want to know what it's like. He goes, there's no better steak than a mountain lion steak. And I said, I'm, I'll trust you. I'm good. But he would come, and he would ask me questions before service. Have you read this scripture? Have you looked this up? He goes, you know what we think this means? He goes, go study it and see what it really means. He would speak into my life. He, he would challenge me to go deeper in the word of God. There's a purpose. There's a, and no matter how weary we may feel, there is still a purpose for you. It may just be a smile. It may just be saying, come sit by me. There is a purpose. For this purpose, you've been looking at the lives of your children. You've been asking What's the purpose? You've been looking at the world that we're living in, and you say, what is the purpose? I want to encourage us this morning. Galatians 6 and 9, so let's not get... 
get tired of doing what is good and just let the right time we're going to reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up if we faint not don't be weary it's just at the right time the song says it and it says it perfectly he's an on time God yes he is I want somebody to understand he's never late he's never early he's an on time God and right now he's looking down and saying it's about time for a season change it's about time for a purpose to be revealed you need to understand you don't see it but there's a purpose about to be revealed in your life he's on time he's on time he's on time don't be worried don't give up don't give in it's only a season how long is the season brother Greg I don't know but I know even in the middle of the season the devil can't stop you even in the middle of the season the devil can't hold you back even in the middle of the season there's still a purpose even in the middle of the loss there's still purpose even in the middle of the pain there's still purpose even in the middle of the season God says I'll never leave you nor forsake you I know, I know, I know we're all looking around and see Romans 5 and 20 and we see that sin is abounding but let us not forget the rest of that that where sin did abound grace did much more abound I love how the NLT puts it God's law was given so that we, so that all people could see how sinful they are but as people sinned more and more God's wonderful grace became more abundant even in the middle of the sin there's a purpose that says my grace is sufficient somebody hear me in the middle of it all there's still a purpose one translation brother Bowman was reading from the 26th translation bible and he, he turned me on to it and said you need to find this bible I started looking for that thing and I found one that thing was a thousand dollars. I think you know I love the Bible and all, but is there a PDF version? And so I kept looking, and I found a thousand dollar Bible for thirty five dollars. You want to know why I found it for thirty five dollars? Because in the inside of it, someone had written an inscription. And I said, Kim, she goes, buy it. It's thirty five dollars compared to a thousand. I came, I came in. I said, Brother Bowen. I'm going to show you my Bible. He says, did you get it? And I said, yeah. I said, and I only paid $35 for it. He said, what? That's the only one they had. <laughs> I begin to read in that, this scripture. I begin to read about how that where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. And there are some translations in there that I'm going to use. One translation says, but where sin abounded, the gift of grace overflowed beyond the outbreak of sin. Another says, yet though sin is shown to be wide and deep, thank God his grace is wider and deeper still. I want somebody that understands that God's law may have been given so that all men could see the error of their ways, but his law isn't given without the grace to make it right. There's still a purpose. There's still a purpose and the law came but the purpose was so that we could experience grace and mercy that happened on a cross even in the middle of loss and pain there's still a purpose 
We're looking around and we're seeing our families being torn apart. We're seeing how that sin is walking into schools. I don't know how much you've seen, but in the middle of Pride Month, there are families that are taking their children, eight, five years old, to drag strip, to not drag strips, drag shows, to where there are men dressed as women and they're talking about provocative things. They're allowing the children to hand money to the drag queens. They're in the middle of all of this and they're saying, and what, what, was, what was evil oh no it doesn't matter it's good we're looking and we can't help but see that sin is abounding but even in the middle of all of that confusion there's still a purpose and that purpose is my grace is sufficient it can cover a myriad of sins there's nothing too hard for my God saw some stuff over the week and I talked to Kim about it yesterday I think I said it didn't make me upset and mad I said it actually it broke my heart I wasn't thinking about the sin and I was thinking about the person and as I, I saw it happening and I watched it I couldn't help but think of what their mind and how troubled it must be. And that's when something on the inside of me broke. And I had to ask myself, can I love them in the middle of all of that? Can I love them in the middle of all of that sin? Can I love them in the middle of all of that confusion? And me and Kim, as we were talking, I want somebody to understand. I don't have all of the answers of why, but I want somebody to understand that God loves them just like He loves you. And if they come in this house and they sit down and they're by themselves, I need somebody to go with them and say, would you sit by me? You may not understand it, but God's grace is sufficient. And there's a purpose. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. We've got to love them. They're hurting. They're broken. They're confused. But God's grace. There's a young man. Sister, Sister Gleason. They just met this young man had an alternative lifestyle and she just loved him. He came to their house, decorated their mantle. Come to find out he was decorating the White House for Christmas. And so she was like, same person that decorated Molina's. White House decorated my mantle. It's <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. And then she says, he's going to be here next Sunday. You know where he sat? The front row was where, like, the pastor and everybody, you know, all those important people. I never got to sit there. I do now. <laughs> I sat about, you know, third row back. She sat right here, Sister Trish. Sister Teresa. You know where, where he sat? Right beside her. He's talking to Brother Pennington. We were on the hospital, hospi hospitality staff. I'll get it out in a minute. The hospitality staff. And she let us know he's going to be here. We were watching. When he walked in, 
We said, hey, Sister Gleason's waiting on you. He goes, oh, I know. I texted her letter. I know. Let her, let her know that I was here. He walked down. I sat down. Nothing. Everybody just acted like we were having church. It's amazing how that happens. You know, it wasn't long. He started saying, hey, you want to talk to me about this Bible stuff? She didn't bring it up. She just loved him. You want to know what he's doing now? He's letting everyone know that the alternative lifestyle you can be delivered from. He's been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's letting everyone know that this is who I was, but this is who I am now by the grace of Almighty. You want to you understand something? There's a purpose. Even in the middle of everybody talking, even in the middle of everybody pointing fingers, there's a purpose. And the purpose is there's nobody that deserves to go to hell. There's nobody that the grace of God isn't for. Somebody understand there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Oh, there's a purpose. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing that there is a purpose for you. The enemy, oh yeah, he meant it for evil. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Everybody says the church has lost the battle. The church has given up. They might as well just, just conform. If you want to grow, you might as well just conform. There are churches that are actually condoning lifestyles that they once condemned. And oh, I want somebody to understand. I'm not here to back down. I'm here to say there's a purpose under heaven. And we're not going to back down. But we're not going to stop loving because there's a purpose. There's a purpose and God cares. We care. There's still a purpose. Joseph, if you'll allow me to borrow from him. But as for you, you meant it evil against me, he tells his brothers. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. I know that it's a dark, weary season. I know that you feel discouragement. I know you've suffered loss. I know you're wondering why you've prayed and you've asked and nothing happened. But God said it's just a season. Joel says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarm Swarming locust has eaten the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, I will restore it. You're going to eat in plenty and be satisfied in the praise of my name, the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of you. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame, and it shall come to pass. Afterwards, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to have visions. My servants and my maid servants, I'm pouring out my spirit. I'm telling you the same last days that the world is talking about seeing. God is talking about revival. God is speaking revival. God is speaking revival. 
It's the same last days. Peter stood up among the 11 and he got a little evangelistic and said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Young men are going to have visions. Old men are going to have dreams. Oh, I'm a man and maid servants. I'm pouring out my spirit. They're going to prophesy. The last days have a purpose. The last days. Hey, there's a purpose. Come on, somebody stand up and magnify the name of the Lord. Oh, in the last days, saith God. Oh, it's the beginning of sorrows, but it's also the beginning of revival. It's the beginning of sorrows, but it's the beginning of revival. Come on, clap your hands. What are you saying? I'm saying those same perilous days. I'm saying those same dark days. God is saying in the middle of those, I'm going to pour out my spirit. So it may be dark in your family, but get ready. Get ready. There's a spirit about to be poured out. It may be dark in your life. Get ready. There's a spirit about to be poured out. There's a season change coming. There's a purpose about to be revealed. There's a season shift in your world. Come on. Magnify the name. I've got more message, but come on. Magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. Declare his name. Declare that he is faithful. Declare that he is powerful. Declare it. Declare it. Declare it. As for me and my house, there's a purpose. As for me and my house. Come on, there's a healing in this house right now if you want it. There's deliverance in this house right now if you want it. There's power in this house. Whatever you have need of for this purpose, he's here for this purpose. He's here for this purpose. He's here. Come on. Come on, somebody needs to pray in the spirit right now. You need to pray. It's been too long since you've spoken tongues for this purpose. I'm telling you, we're having revival for this purpose. We're having prayer meeting for this purpose. We're worshiping for this purpose. We're magnifying for this purpose. We're lifting him up for this purpose. There's restoration to your home. There's restoration to the broken places in the wall. There's restoration. Why? For this purpose. For this purpose. For this purpose. Oh, I can endure harshness as a good soldier as long as I know there's a purpose. I know there's a purpose. Oh, I'm closing with this. Keep praying. Maybe you're like Moses. The same guy that gave us our scripture text that said, for this purpose, maybe you're like him that acted a little early and out of season. 
you said some things, you've done some things, and now those that God called you to, they've turned away. Maybe you spoke to some family members. Can I be just blunt? And you didn't use grace. Maybe there was a lot of condemnation and, and condemning and no mercy and grace. And now they've turned away and you're on the backside of the desert. I don't even know where that is, but it's pretty far out there. I thought my town was pretty far out there, but the backside of the desert. And these are the four words that, is, that are said about Moses. But Moses was content. He was content to live below his purpose. He says, I'll get a wife, Zipporah. She's going to give me a boy named Gershom. And I'm going to tend the sheep. But there's a season still going on for the children of Israel. And for that season to come to an end, Mo. He's got to get out of the desert. And all of a sudden, there's a fire that shows up. A voice begins to speak. And God drags Moses out of the desert. Almost kicking and screaming. And says, Moses, my purpose is bigger than your failure. <laughs> my purpose... Is bigger than your mistake. My purpose is bigger than your hurt feelings and your hurt pride. My purpose is six million strong that are about to have the biggest jailbreak that the world has ever seen. I need you to get out of the desert and get to where my purpose is waiting. I want somebody to understand that God's here to drag you out of the desert and say, My purpose is bigger than your failure. My purpose is is bigger than your mistake. My purpose is bigger than your pride. My purpose is bigger than your failure. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me all across this house. Come on, somebody. My purpose is for this purpose that he's reaching. It's for this purpose that he's calling. It's for this purpose he's dragging you. It's his power, his purpose. Come on, Mo. There's a Joshua and Caleb, and they're waiting on you. And they're about to get a mountain because you said the purpose is bigger than my pride. The purpose, there's somebody waiting on you to fulfill your purpose. Come on, pray. Pray out right now. Come on. There's a being that was waiting on Sister Gleason. There's a being that was waiting. There's somebody waiting on you. It may be the waiter. It may be the person in the store. But somebody's waiting on you. Get out of the desert. There is a purpose. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Come on, cry out right now. We're not stopping anything, but I want somebody. Come on. 
There's a breaking that wants to happen in this house right now. We've been waiting on the moment. I claim it in the name of this is the moment. This is the moment that we're about to shift. This is the moment. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I declare it. This is the moment. Come on. Moses, what are you waiting on? Oh, Moses, I've got a purpose. I've got a purpose. I've got a purpose. Pastor, you don't know. I don't have to know. God's got a purpose. But I'm hurting. God's got a purpose. For this purpose. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Pray. Pray. If God's leading you to someone, pray. Go to them. Pray for them. Pray for them. For this purpose, there's a purpose for you, a purpose for them. It's just a season. But God is about to change. Let clarity, let clarity right now speak to his mind. A word straight from you. God of what you have, your plan and your purpose. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be no question. Let there be no wonders, no doubt. God, we claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, right now. Come on, the front is open. I'm asking, for, I'm asking for people to come around right now and say, I've got a purpose. Come on, we're going to pray. God is about to pour out his spirit. Because in the last days, saith God. He didn't leave anybody out. That's it, Brother Cameron. That's it. Let it pour out of you. Let it pour out of you. That's purpose. That's purpose. been praying it's just a season God's about to answer there's a miracle in the works and it's already on the way the devil has already sent the spirit it's battled it for 21 days but let me tell you right now that the prayers have already been answered they're already on the way and the purpose is about to happen right now the purpose he heard you the first time, but there was a season, and now the season's over. There's a purpose. That's it. Cry out. Cry out right now. Don't stop. 
don't stop, don't get weary. This is what usually happens. We go for a few moments, but God said, I need somebody to press toward the high calling. I need you to press toward the mark because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. As for me and Sister Trish, I want you to understand there's a purpose. There's a purpose for everything you've went through. There's a purpose for every pain that has come your way. And everything that God has allowed to happen. Yes, God allowed it to happen. The devil thought he won. But I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. And God's about to restore to you the joy and everything the devil has tried to take away. He's restoring it. There's peace coming. There's joy coming. The devil's a liar. I want somebody to understand right now. Everything has a purpose. God's about to restore. Brother Manning, I don't know why. Brother Manning, I don't know why. Lift your hands. There's a purpose. God has got it under control. There's a purpose. Let him strengthen you. Let him lead you. There's purpose. Brother Pennington, the reason that your cup is overflowing and you're drinking from the saucer is because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. There's a purpose.